Welcome to Sane Split, a podcast about staying sane when relationships end. I am AJ Jakubowska, family law lawyer and mediator. Just like you, I'm human. I understand what can happen when people separate. Lots of questions swirling around like confetti. Lots of uncertainty, perhaps anger, disappointment, or even pain. Sleepless nights, shallow breathing. Will I ever be happy again? Will the kids be okay? How much is all this going to cost? All of these questions are human and you're not alone. This podcast features my thoughts about separation and my interviews with other humans who help people when their relationships end. People who assist with legal issues, who mediate, who look after hearts and minds, and even after the pocketbook. People who might help you plan your future. What you will hear is not legal advice. These are dialogues primarily about the human aspect of separation. We will try to stay away from legal lingo. It's humans talking to humans. I hope that something you hear will help you navigate your way to a sane split. Welcome and thanks for tuning in. I'm devoting today's episode to a subject that is very near and dear to my heart and which I bring up on this podcast whenever I can, and that is limited scope legal services. It was previously the subject of my interview with two great guests, both family law lawyers and providers of limited scope services, and that is Lucia Lam and Janice Ho. On that show, Lucia, Janice, and I talked in both theoretical but also very practical terms about how this option for the delivery of legal services can assist people who have experienced separation. It can help them navigate their issues in a manageable and cost-effective way. If you are interested in hearing that interview, I will leave a link to it in the show notes. You can also access it through the website and through your favorite podcast app. It's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. So why am I coming back to this subject? There are a couple of reasons. Number one, it's because I firmly believe in this method of delivering legal services. I have seen it work in practice, both as a family law lawyer and a family mediator. And number two, access to justice is currently a topic of much discussion and in fact has been for some time. From my perspective, we need to talk about access to justice often. We need to explore the subject in depth and in a sustained way. And we need to consider the legal needs of Ontarians across demographics and economics. Everyone is entitled to benefit from legal services. We just need to figure out how we can deliver them efficiently and cost-effectively. And limited scope services are a very, very important piece of the puzzle, in my view. 
But I need to take a couple of steps back because I just realized I haven't yet explained what limited scope legal services are. And you might know that they are sometimes also referred to as unbundled services. Limited scope legal services are different than the standard, more common way in which a person retains a lawyer to help them with their legal issues. The way they differ has to do primarily with their scope. In other words, what is actually being done and their cost. In a standard retainer, let's call it, or a conventional retainer, a lawyer is retained, meaning hired, to deal with all aspects of a legal case. And that can be true whether there is actually a court case started or not. If you have listened to this podcast before, you know that I love analogies. And I also like very much illustrating my points by using hypotheticals to make the concepts we're talking about practical, real life, if you will, so that they are easier to understand. So let's set up a hypothetical right now. And we're going to use it to walk through the concept of a traditional or standard retainer and then move into an explanation of what a limited scope retainer is and how it might function. Here's our hypothetical. Lola and Leah were married for seven years. They have two young children. They separated recently And Leah has written a letter to Lola telling her that she would like to discuss with her all issues arising out of their separation and that she wants the children to live with her on a full-time basis. Lola is definitely interested in a dialogue with Leah, but they have had some arguments recently and she's worried how that might go. She wants their dialogue to be productive, but she does not agree that the children should live primarily with Leah. And for this reason, she wonders if a direct dialogue is best, at this point at least. Lola has a number of options to respond to Leah's letter. Number one, she can get into a dialogue with Leah, either directly or by correspondence, without any legal assistance, without speaking to a lawyer. That is always her option. But when I'm asked about situations like this, I generally suggest to people involved in a separation that they get at least some legal advice by way of consultation with a lawyer, if nothing else, so that they understand their legal rights and obligations. Because this will assist them in sorting out the issues that inevitably result when a couple splits in an informed way. In our hypothetical, Lola might consider getting some legal advice about the children's parenting, but first and foremost, direct communication between Lola and Leah is possible. That is the first option. Leah has another option, so that is number two. And that is retaining, hiring a lawyer based on a standard or conventional retainer. She would essentially hire someone to communicate with Leah 
or Leah's legal representative, if there is one down the road, on Lola's behalf about all of the various issues, being parenting, financial, and so on. To clarify, in the standard retainer, Lola and Leah's entire case related to the separation. All of the issues are handled by the lawyer hired by Lola on her behalf. The other side of the case is being handled by Leah herself or a lawyer she hires, if she does hire one. So one might say that hiring a lawyer based on a standard retainer means doing so on a full-time basis to deal with the entire case, all aspects of it, letters, meetings, legal advice, drafting documents, attending mediation, negotiations, court attendances, if someone commences a court case, all of it. Lola has at least one more option, and that's number three, and that is to represent herself, which is essentially option one, but she would be doing so with the benefit of legal advice, legal assistance, or perhaps coaching by way of a limited scope retainer. Here, she would be hiring a lawyer to assist her with specific tasks that are very discreet, in other words, defined. These tasks are agreed on between Lola and the lawyer, and specific payment arrangements are sorted out between the lawyer and Lola, which will depend, for example, on the magnitude of the task, the size of the task, and the length of the lawyer's involvement. Let's get into some practical examples so that the theory comes alive. Here's one. Lola could decide to write back to Leah on her own or even suggest a meeting between them. And she would be hiring a lawyer based on a limited scope retainer to coach her for that meeting, those discussions with Leah, or even shadow her on any written correspondence Lola might want to send to Leah, help them draft the response and review it before it goes out. Here, Lola and the lawyer would agree very specifically that this is what the lawyer will do for Lola. That will be the scope of the services provided. And they would also agree on the price for that service. And I talk about this a little bit more further in the show. Here's another example. Lola and Leah do in fact have a direct discussion and they agree to go to a family mediator who will help them manage their dialogue and negotiations, something I would very much support. Lola may have questions about the mediation process, what it is, how it unfolds, what to say, how to say it, She may be looking for some pointers on negotiation strategy, some coaching. All these can be handled very effectively in the context of a limited scope retainer. The lawyer would be hired by Lola to answer her specific questions about family mediation, perhaps even help her prepare documents she would use at the mediation itself. 
like a brief or calculations. There is another option. Lola may decide that she wants to have a lawyer with her at the mediation, particularly if that is the route Leah will be taking as well. A lawyer can be hired by Lola on a limited scope basis for the mediation only to help Lola navigate the negotiations and give her legal advice along the way as needed. Once the mediation is over, the limited scope retainer ends. So a very discreet, defined task. Here is another example, and this will require us to add some facts to our hypothetical. Leah has started a court case. She is representing herself. In other words, she's handling the case on her own without a lawyer. Lola has been served with court papers. She has read them. She thinks she understands them, but she's not sure. She also knows she will need to respond. She has decided that she too will represent herself in the court case for financial reasons, but she also realizes she could benefit from legal advice to understand both her rights and obligations and Leah's. She might decide to hire a lawyer on an unbundled basis to review with her Leah's court materials, give Lola advice on their content, and then help Lola prepare a response, whatever that might be. And it would be a document called an answer if she is served with an application. That limited retainer, the involvement of the lawyer, would end once those tasks are completed. Lola pays the lawyer for his or her services and their relationship is over. Or it might not be. Lola might decide to come back to that lawyer in the future to help her with another discrete task in the case. Let's use another example. The court case has now progressed and Lola has been handling it on her own, but she's now facing the first court appearance, which in her case is a case conference. She might in fact reconnect with the lawyer who helped her initially, or go to another lawyer who provides limited scope services and ask them to coach her for the case conference. Explain what it is, what is expected, maybe even prepare with her the case conference brief, which is the court document required for this type of court attendance. Or perhaps she has a handle on the process and she has completed the brief and successfully served it on Leah, but she might need help with filing it with the court. And she also has some apprehension, worry, about the fact that the conference will proceed by Zoom. She's just not sure how that will work. What's involved? Again, she can ask all her questions in the context of a limited scope retainer. Let's talk about the cost, and it's an important part of any discussion about limited scope services. Many Ontarians 
need legal assistance but are not in a financial position to hire a lawyer based on a traditional retainer, meaning on a full-time basis. Let me clarify what happens in a standard legal retainer. Generally speaking, Lola would be providing the lawyer with a monetary retainer, and that is a sum of money that will be deposited by the lawyer into a trust account. And as the lawyer in a standard retainer provides services to Lola and issues his or her accounts from time to time for work completed, that lawyer is permitted to dip into the funds and trust to pay themselves for each account rendered. Not all lawyers work with a monetary retainer, that sum of money up front, but most do. I know this can get a bit confusing because the same word, retainer, is used to refer to both the hiring of a lawyer and also the sum of money paid by the client and then deposited into the trust account. To distinguish between the two, it's easier to refer to the second as a monetary retainer. In a standard full-time lawyer-client relationship, most lawyers charge for their work on an hourly basis. They have a rate per hour and they dock it, meaning take note of the amount of time they spend on a file, and that could be fractions of an hour. Those dockets are then added up and an account is rendered to the client. Not everyone can afford such involvement of a lawyer on a full-time basis, but people still need access to legal services. So this is where our dialogue about access to justice comes in and is so important. There is a fair bit more flexibility in unbundled services when it comes to cost. And here I mean the client is able to manage the rate at which they are spending by deciding specifically, I need a lawyer to help me with this task, but not that task. I will do that on my own. And they can manage their resources, the cost of that assistance on that limited basis. For example, they say, I have budgeted this amount of money to have a lawyer help me with my preparations for, let's say, a family mediation. I will decide what to do next after the mediation is over if it's not successful. But right now, I am going to spend this amount of money on this task. There is more flexibility in the way costs for services are calculated in the limited scope retainer. For example, there are lawyers who are prepared to be paid on a block fee basis. What do I mean here? Well, let's say Lola is actually the one who is starting a court case and she needs to prepare an application. She might hire a lawyer who is prepared to complete that task for Lola, start to finish, for a set price, a single amount. And if that is the case, the written agreement between Lola and the lawyer as to the scope of their work for a set price 
would explain in detail exactly what is to be done so it's clear to both sides. So it might be a first draft only and then fine-tuning it is left to Lola or first draft and any revisions from start to finish for a block fee. Or Lola might hire a lawyer to shadow her at family mediation, and that lawyer would be paid for the actual amount of time spent by them on this particular task. Lola and Leah have a full-day mediation scheduled for September 15th, let's say. Lola hires Samir to shadow her on that day. They meet ahead of time, so Samir learns about the case and what the mediation might entail, gives Lola preliminary advice. That meeting takes two hours. Then, on September 15, Samir is available to Lola through the day, but they agree she will only pay him for the amount of time he actually spends helping her when she reaches out to him. And that takes another two hours on that day because Samir helps her draft some proposals during the course of the mediation and also reviews the final minutes of settlement with her before she signs. So the account would now be four hours and she pays him based on his hourly rate. There are other options, and I encourage you to explore them with the lawyer you are considering for any type of unbundled service. I very much want to tell you about a project, and it's very useful and accessible website that will give you more valuable information about these types of services, and also help you find lawyers in your region who provide limited scope services. The website has an extensive roster, a directory of such lawyers, and it can be searched by geographical area and more than that, even by language spoken, for example. I'm talking about Ontario's Family Law Limited Scope Services Project. I will include a link to the website in the show notes, but if you want to jot it down now, it's familylawlss.ca. You really should take a look at the website if you are at all considering hiring a lawyer on that basis. It's full of information, including answers to common questions, articles, links to blogs. You can also follow the project on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. I hope the basics of limited scope services I provided today help you or perhaps someone you know. This way of delivering legal services is still unknown to many Ontarians. And those of us involved in the project and all the lawyers who do provide unbundled services are trying to change that, to give Ontarians more options. This podcast is designed to help members of the public navigate their way to a sane split, and I hope I did that today. 
Thank you for listening. I hope you will tune in again. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach me through my website, separationinontario.com. Subscribing to the podcast through your favorite app will make future episodes available to you automatically. Signing off for now.